Oh, that's awesome. Wow, what a great morning of worship and praise. Hey, I really believe we're in such an exciting time where God isn't going to move. He is moving. He is moving. And we've got to walk in an expectation of miracles and things that were stubborn in our lives being shifted. Amen. Dreams that we've had but for what may seem like a lifetime suddenly come into pass. And we're going, why now, Lord? Because it's a moment he created to do what he always intended to do. Well, we had such a good week last week, and we were talking last week concerning the vision theme that we've got for this year across the congregations, which is Kairos. And we're talking about Kairos, this being a God moment, this being a divine moment of opportunity. And if you missed last week, the good news is you can catch up with it on any of our media channels, whether that's Facebook or YouTube. Why am I saying that? Because I want as many people that call Family Church home to be on this journey from the beginning. So if you didn't get to be around last week, you didn't see the online church last week uh, for some reason, would you invest just like 26 minutes on watching the broadcast from last week, just so that we can all be on the journey together? It's important. I really believe that God gives journeys to his people. You see the journey of Abraham, you see the journey of Moses, you see the journey of Joshua, um, you see the journey of Nehemiah. God's a God of journeys. And my heart as a leader is I don't want anyone to miss any part of a journey that he's got us on. So we looked last week at how this moment that we're in, naturally speaking, may feel like a strange moment, <clears throat> you know, with economy issues and uh, fuel crisis and um, increases in bank rates this week again, another 0.5. So many things going on. We've got balloons flying over America from China. We've got wars happening in the Ukraine. We've got famines happening in other parts of the world. And it may seem like a strange time, but like we said last week, we also need to understand that this is a God moment, not just a strange moment. It's a Kairos moment, a moment of divine opportunity where we're not moved, we're not unaware about what's happening, but we're not moved by that. We're moved by what God is saying in this moment. And so we're taking a three-week journey across the congregations, the online congregation, all of our other congregations. We're all on this journey and we're spending three weeks to look at three things. Number one, knowing the time. Number two, knowing our purpose for the time that we're in. And number three, knowing our response as God's people to a Kairos moment that's here, not coming here. Now, I want to talk today about knowing the time. And Pastor Stu's going to speak next week on knowing our purpose. And then Pastor Sean's going to be speaking on knowing our response. It's going to be a good few weeks together, I really believe. Don't miss a bit of it if you can. Now, the God who creates specific moments, that's what we've been preaching, God creates specific moments. He created a moment for Noah that it was going to rain, and the rain didn't come for many, many years. He created a moment for Joseph, but again, there was a journey where Joseph went through a pit, 14 years in prison, but a moment came to pass where he became the prime minister of that land and delivered a land from famine because that moment had been ordained by God. I believe we're in a God-ordained moment. I don't say that lightly. I really believe that in my heart. Now, the God who creates specific moments for specific things that he's doing on the earth 
I really believe has created this one that we find ourselves in now. In this moment, we need to have a correct worldview. Now, worldview is something that you may hear spoken of on the news and, and in classes in college. What do I mean by worldview? A right view of what's happening in the world. That's a correct view. Let's have a correct view of what's happening in the world. We need to be aware of the moment we're in, not just naturally aware, but spiritually aware. God doesn't want us just to be naturally aware of things that are happening. He wants us to be spiritually informed. He wants us to know he's in this. He's doing things as well. That brings great peace to my heart. I don't know about yours, but God's got this. Amen. Now, natural awareness can be gained through natural channels. You can watch the news. You can listen to hearsay. You can listen to the daily debates in Parliament and gain natural understanding of moments we find ourselves. But in the same way, spiritual awareness comes from God's word, God's spirit, and God's church. And we've got to have an ear tuned into both. I don't believe it's right for a believer to be totally unaware of what's happening in life. But we shouldn't be obsessed by what naturally we see happening. We should be obsessed with what God says he's doing. Now, natural awareness can be gained through different channels, but God wants us to be gaining continually uh, a spiritual awareness of the moment that we're in. And I love the way that Jesus speaks about reading moments and how we can be really good at reading moments naturally, but at the same time, not so bright at reading times spiritually. And the verse that I'm going to read from is Luke 12, verses 54 to 56. And it says, this is Jesus speaking, Then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, When you see the clouds beginning to form in the west, you say, Here comes a shower. And you are right. When the south wind blows, you say, Today's going to be a scorcher. And it is. Then he says, You foolish people or you fools, you know how to interpret the weather signs of the earth and the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the present times. Now, Jesus was saying that it was foolishness not to be able to interpret present times from an understanding of God. Now, God doesn't want us to be foolish. He wants us to be wise, doesn't he? So how are we to interpret this moment that we're in? Actually, I believe it's both. It's not a matter of either or, but a matter of both and. We should have a healthy awareness of things that people are going through, situations that are facing people in our nation, in our country, and in our community. But at the same time, know what God's doing, what God's answer for that is. And again, you've heard me compare this before. To me, it's a comparison to the um, children of Issachar. And the children of Issachar were one tri a tribe of, the, of Israel. They were one of 12 tribes. And it says of the children of Issachar, the sons of Issachar, or the people of Issachar, had an understanding of the times that they were in. They were not unaware of the moment they were living in. But also, they knew what Israel ought to do. And that's what I want us to be like, Family Church. I want us to have a healthy, balanced awareness of the moment we're in. But more importantly, how God wants us to respond. What God wants us to be in response to what's happening in the world. 
so that we're a prophetic people. Now, they understood what God was doing in their times, knowing every season serves the purposes of God. Again, that's a verse we find in Ecclesiastes. It says, to everything, not some things, to everything there's a season. God is a God of seasons. God creates seasons. To everything there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. So when we look at a purpose that's under heaven, we could call that a God purpose. We have to understand to every God purpose, to everything that God is doing on the earth, there is a season, and God wants us to be able to interpret his seasons just like we're able to look at the sky and say it's going to rain this afternoon. It's simple. Do you ever go outside and really get striving and stressed up? I don't know if there's a cloud. I don't know if it's going to rain. I don't know if it's going to rain. There's a big cloud. I just don't know. You don't get stressed by natural reading of signs. God wants us with an ease to know God's moving. God's doing something. Oh, yeah, it may look kind of bleak around, but God's doing something in this moment. Now, that leads us to a question, I suppose. What time is it for us? The church, God's people. Remember, when we say church, we don't mean building. We don't mean a meeting on Sunday. We mean a community of people called out of darkness into light. That's you and me. The church is a people. It's not architecture, all right? So what time is it for us, the people of God at the moment? I've got a couple of answers to that. There's probably a lot more answers, but just here's a couple for us to get busy with. I believe it's time for us to wake up and shine. I really do. I really believe that this is the moment that Isaiah spoke of. But this is a moment not to be asleep. This is a moment to be awake and ready to shine for Jesus. Awoken from any slumber that we may have known or drifted into. We've all done it, haven't we? You walk with Lord a number of years. I've been walking with the Lord for over 30 years now. And I look back at times where I didn't mean to go to sleep. I just fell asleep. Did you ever do that in a movie? I know people that do that in movies. And to me, that really, it, it gets me going because I have this, I don't have FOMO, I have FUMO, fear of others missing out. It's a massive issue in my life. So if I'm watching a movie, I want everyone to get the funny bits, everybody to watch. It's just, Gene will tell you, it's, it's a massive problem in my life. But if we're watching a movie, everybody's got to be watching it. Put your phones down in case we all miss a key part. That, that's just the way I'm wired. I have FUMO. Not fear of me missing out, but others. I'm like, no, everybody's got to enjoy this. There we go. Thank you for being a part of my counselling this morning. Now, sometimes we can all drift to sleep like we do when we're watching a movie. But God's saying, hey, if you did that, it's time to wake up. It's time for an awakening in your life, an alarm bell. Also, we look at a lot at people saying today that these are darker times. But actually, the Bible says, if these are darker times, these are our times to shine, Amen. Well, again, Isaiah, let me read to you what Isaiah said when he, when he spoke about this. He said, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen on you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. That's a good description of a now moment, isn't it, for many? But the Lord will rise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. 
and the Gentiles shall come to your light. Obviously, this was speaking to the Jewish people then, but it's speaking to us now as the people of God, kings to the brightness of your rising. Now, that's the Old Testament, but Paul said the same thing a number of times in the New Testament. I want to read to you now from the book of Romans, chapter 13. And this is Paul speaking now. He says, and do this knowing the time. Underline knowing the time. And do this knowing the time. Do what? But it is now high time, right time, a key time to awake out of any sleep that you've been in, in your walk with Jesus. For now, our salvation is nearer than the moment we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us now cast off anything that would be called works of darkness and let us put on the armour of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in the revelry and drunkenness, in the lewdness and lust, not in the strife and envy of a non-kingdom life. Rather, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfil its lusts. So maybe there's been compromise in our life and we were involved in things that we knew deep down were not things of light, but were things of darkness. Jesus is saying, it's time, it's high time now to come out of compromise, out of living two worlds and two lives. It's time to shine. It's time to throw off things that have got nothing to do with God and are anti the way he would call us to live. It's high time now. And I love it there where it says, make no provision for the lust, make no provision for the things that would be coming from the flesh of who we are. Peter, also in 1 Peter 5, 8, says this, it's time to be alert. Remember somebody saying once, be alert, the country needs alerts. But it's time to be alert, it's time to be awake, it's time to be non-compromised, it's time to be non-passive, it's time to say, wait a moment, it's not time to sleep but to be awake. Now, this is a message for the church together, but also us individually. But it also says, because our salvation draws closer now than when we first believed. That's kind of progressive obvious, isn't it? But it's going to be closer now than what, when you first believed, because we're closer now than when you first believed. It's not deep, is it? But we need to realize Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is going to return to this earth like a thief, in the night, with no warning, Jesus, our saviour, it's not a fairy tale, is going to return. There'll be no time to get ready. We need to live ready. It speaks of the coming of Jesus, but also of the ends of the age. No man knows the hour, but the Bible does give us certain signposts like the forge if you needed a sign Paula was your sign this morning did everybody get that and then she was your confirmation she was a secondary sign come to forge but when we look at the end of time the end of the age because life won't carry on like this because God said it wouldn't he said there was a day coming when Jesus Christ would return and the people that belonged to him would be taken with him and a new era and age would begin Let's not be too comfortable here that we would miss that return. Let's look at a couple of these signposts 
But again, tell us, what time are we in? Remember our question this morning is what time is it? Do we know the time we're in? And again, when you read through this list, firstly by Jesus, but then by Paul, it's shockingly like the moment we're living in. No one can say Jesus is coming back on the 14th of June. No one can say that. Not even Jesus knows the time. Only the Father knows the time when Jesus returns to collect his church. But we have got certain signposts that we should be awake and seeing. Have you ever got lost because you didn't see the signpost? Don't be lost when God has given us signposts that said, listen, you may have slept in the past, but this really isn't time for a nap because our salvation draws now closer than when we first believed. Let's see what Jesus said about this. I'm going to read from Matthew 24, verses 3 to 14. Again, I'm not going to make an apology, but I'm reading a lot of scripture. It kind of feels right to do that in church. It says, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and deceive many. I heard of another person today that's currently calling himself the Holy Spirit. Um, he's called himself King Jehovah or something like that. It's just ridiculous. It's just totally ridiculous. But people fall for stupid things when they don't walk in truth. So don't wait for this to happen. On a weekly basis, globally, someone's calling themselves Jesus. All right? But it's not him. Let me just underline that. And they will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumours of wars. Yeah. But see to it you're not alarmed. Such things must happen but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation. That's going to happen, isn't it? Numerous times, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, earthquakes in various places. These are the beginning of the birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And again, that's already happened with the first church. We can't say, well, they're not arresting Pastor Andy yet. I'm safe. Let me just keep on living a compromised life. No, a lot of these things have already happened. And people are being persecuted today in other, other countries. You know the church is still persecuted today in India, places around Asia, places around Africa. People are being martyred today because they won't renounce Jesus. So don't make these things far off, right? Then you'll be handed over to be persecuted, put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Sadly, I've seen that happen in my time. I can remember me and Wayne being with an army of people. We were all sold out for Jesus, but it's pretty much me, Wayne, and Vanessa, and about three others that are still on fire for God. Come on, let's look at this as signposts. The love of many will grow cold, and there will be, uh, and it will deceive, and then, it, sorry, I've lost my place there. At that time, many will turn away from the faith, betray, hate each other. Many false prophets will appear, deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to nations. And then the end will come. Do you know the speed that the gospel is reaching other nations at the moment? Because of media, transport, helicopters, other vehicles. We are in a moment where the nations and every place on the world that has not yet heard about Christ is not far off 
from hearing. So this is really a time for us not to be afraid, but for us to be awake, sober. Jesus, I want to be ready for your return. Let me read to you now something that Paul says in a letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. <clears throat> Paul opens his statement this way. But know this, know this, don't be confused about this. Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Listen to this list. It's so like so much of society today in England. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power from such people turn away. Come on, how real is that to the time in which we're living? Unless we're driving with a blindfold on, which is not advisable, we should see these signs and say, listen, not only do I want to make sure my life is ready for collection, but I want to make sure that God is able to use my life in this great ending scene that he's planned for the earth. You could snatch any one of those. You could take that one that people would be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Come on, we're living in a time that people would rather go to cinema on a Sunday morning than the house of God to be with God's people. People would rather stay in bed and watch Netflix and go to church. What do you think that looks like? Lovers of pleasure. It's not being drunk in a bar. It's loving other things more than God and God's people. It's what it is. We're living in a time of great distraction because of the media benefits we've been given. But those media benefits for some have stopped being a blessing and they're now a curse because they're, they're taking them away from God. They're taking them away from their first love. That's not to be us, amen. Let's love God. Let's love God's house. Let's love God's purposes because it's time. So that could be quite negative this morning. You're like, well, thanks, Andy, for ringing, ruining my roast dinner. Well, I actually didn't if you're excited about the coming of Jesus. If you've underestimated eternity in heaven with Jesus, I may have ruined your dinner. But if you have an excitement, if this is what God made in six or seven days, what has he made being away for 2,000 years? What is heaven with him going to be like? It's not going to be a downgrade. You're not going to ask for your money back. You're not going to go, can I go back to my two-bedroom house in Fratton, please? This is very disappointing. Believe me, you're going to go, where were we? Who cares? This is awesome. Let's have hearts filled with eternity, amen? But letting God use us while we're on the earth. I believe that when we start to speak about the end times, the last times, Stuart does a brilliant teaching on this. We also need to realise that the Bible says over and over again in the Old Testament and in the New, that it's also a time where the Holy Spirit moves, not in a fresh way, but in the most powerful way yet. I was speaking to someone yesterday, me and Gina met with someone yesterday and we were just talking to them and catching up, another minister. And on the way home, we were talking and Gina said to me, you know, we've known previous moves of the Spirit. What makes this next one or this last one different? And my response was, because everything we've witnessed before, he's going to do it all at once. 
Now, if you imagine like Avengers, I think they're called, aren't they? You can have Iron Man and you can have Thor and you can have different moments that involve one superhero. And then you have Avengers assemble and they all dump on you. I believe the last moment of the Holy Spirit is not what God does something that we witnessed in a moment before, but all heaven lets loose. And the Holy Spirit says, have it all. And that echoes in the return of Jesus Christ. God promised in the last days he would pour, not dribble, not drip. He would pour out his spirit. He would pour out his spirit. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. It's where he does everything he's done before and more in one moment. Now, Peter references something that the prophet Joel said in a statement he makes in the book of Acts. Again, it's got the opening, last days. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on my people, on all people. Your sons and daughters, there's no age barrier, will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I see visions and dream dreams. I must be midlife. I dream dreams and I have visions, so I must be in my midlife, so that's okay. Even my servants, both men and women, there's no gender problems here. God's like that so last season. I am going to use young, old, male, female. I am going to use someone considered a servant and somebody considered a prime minister. I've not got time to play around with your segregations. I will pour out my spirit in those days. You will prophesy. I will show you wonders in the heavens above the signs of the earth, blood and fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness. The moon will be turned to blood. We've had a few blood moons, haven't we, of late? Before the coming and great glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So the Bible says to us, don't just be informed by the BBC. Look at the signs in the Bible regarding Israel. Israel is a signpost. Watch what's happening with Israel. Society is a signpost. The moving of the spirit is a signpost that says we don't want to be playing games anymore, right? Don't miss a fresh move of the spirit because you slept through it. Don't miss the best bit of the movie because you were asleep on the couch. Don't be found not ready like a foolish virgin. Be ready like a wise virgin. That's the teaching of Jesus, isn't it? In Matthew 25, verses 1 to 4, he said there were 10 wise virgins, 10 foolish virgins. It wasn't an issue of salvation because they were all virgins. It was an issue of readiness. Some of them had lamps. Others had lamps and they were filled with oil. I want to be a lamp that's filled with oil. I don't want to go on the second shift. I want to go on the first. I want to be ready. I want to be a first fruit for Jesus. The one that goes with him when he returns, not the one that goes later because I had to get ready, right? Interpret that as you like. I want to be ready, I want to be filled, I want to be ready to go with Christ. Because he says, suddenly, there's a knock at the door and somebody shouts, the bridegroom returns. And there's no chance for getting your game on. You should have had your game on before he announced his return. 
Church, if there's compromise in your life, get rid of it. If there's sleepiness in your life for God, get rid of it. Fall deeper in love with God than you ever have before because our salvation is closer now than when any of us first believed. Don't miss the day of your visitation. Do you know the Jewish people missed the day? Many of them missed their day of visitation because when Jesus came the first time to save the world, he came firstly for the Jew. But many of the Pharisees and Sadducees couldn't recognize him because he didn't come like an emperor. He came as a servant king born to a carpenter. But Jesus looks at them, and in the book of Luke, chapter 19, verse 44, he says to Israel, you missed the day of your visitation. I came for you, stood with you, but you were so obsessed with preconceived ideas and religion, you missed my visit. You know, if ever you go into someone's house and they're not in and you leave a note, basically you're politely saying, you missed my visit. You missed my visit. Listen, that's the experience of some Jewish people from the first coming of Jesus. The second one is the one you really don't want to miss. When he comes, we need to be ready to leave with him. But we would have nothing in our life that would make us want to stay here. We'd want to be with him. Don't miss the day of your visitation. Don't miss the moments of awakening in your life. Don't be so busy that there's no time for God. Turn off Netflix, invest it in Jesus. Pull away from other things that matter, but not matter as much. Get ready, get ready, get ready. So I'm going to ask the band to come up and we're going to go out worshipping again today. To conclude this morning, I just want to say, what time is it? It's our moment. It's a Kairos moment. It's time to be fully awake in our walk with God, each and every one of us. It's time for us not to have lamps but no oil in them. It's time for us to have lamps that are full with the Holy Spirit. It's time to be ready for God's Spirit to move and to touch us in a fresh way. I don't know about you, but I've been so conscious the last few weeks since the start of the year of such an increase in our time of worship. Okay, it's just me. I'm having a good time. I really sense such depth. And I looked out this morning and I saw people, the majority were worshipping. God's doing something right now. Let's not miss this visitation, this moment of what he's doing. It's time for us to be ready for God's Spirit to touch us in a fresh way and others. It's time to be ready for God to use us as his light in the darkness. Again, referring to Marvel terminology, flame on. Flame on. It's time to get lit up. It's time to let God light you up so that you're not a little birthday candle walk in the earth and everybody sings happy birthday when they see you. Nah, I don't know if I still use this in school, but we used to have things called Bunsen burners. Do they still have Bunsen burners in school? Pastor Troy, they do. All right, okay. Come on, God don't want you to be a happy birthday to you candle on a cake. He wants you to be a Bunsen burner. 
And finally, it's time to get our friends and family saved before the door shuts. You see, God spoke to Noah and he said, there's a moment coming, Noah, build a boat. And then one day, God's moment came, it rained. And people pounded the door, let me in, but God had shut the door. They missed their moment. Jesus Christ is the ark of God. Salvation is found in him alone. Salvation is not found in Buddha or Allah or any other false god. Salvation is found in Jesus Christ alone. By one name, a person can be saved. And that one name is Jesus. We need to be passionate about making sure we have done everything we can to get those we say we love into the ark before the day when God shuts the ark and there's no more opportunity for them to come in. Hey, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, come on, it's the best decision you'll ever make. Maybe you've drifted from God, you've been in slumber, but you feel God saying, it's time to come back, it's time to get some stuff sorted, it's time to get my game on, it's time to flame on here. We're going to pray this prayer together. Would you all pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you that Jesus died on the cross for me. Thank you that you caused me to be born anew when your spirit comes to live in me. Thank you, Jesus, you're coming again. And me placing faith in you means I leave with you. I believe in you, Jesus. I give my life to you today, Jesus. Amen. Just my every eyes closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity. I'm just going to ask you to do something really simple. I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand if you prayed that prayer for you. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if you've never known him or you're coming back to him today in a fresh way. When I count to three, if that's you, just lift your hand. People do it every week. It's awesome. One, two, three. God bless you, I see that hand. Anybody else, you say, me too, Andy. Why would I miss out on this? Is there anyone else? And you say, me too, Andy, I need to give my life to Jesus. I prayed that prayer for me today. Anybody else, you say, me too. I don't want to miss the day. The ark comes and the door shuts. I want to know I'm in that ark. Is there anyone today? Faith in Christ puts you in the ark. God bless you, I see that hand there. Anybody else? Father, I speak blessing upon these people today that just responded and said, yes, Jesus, I give my life to you. Fill them with your Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Hey, if you lifted your hand up, give us two minutes of your time at the back where it says best decision ever. Want to give you a Bible, want to check that you got what you need for your next steps, all right? Are we good, church? We're going to carry on next week. And uh, Pastor Stewart's going to speak about our purpose in this moment. Let's jump up to our feet and just go out worshipping the one who's worth it. Come on. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. He's our saviour. He's our healer. He's our soon and coming king. Let's give the king what he deserves.